Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, where we are remapping minds so you can create a life you design. This podcast is all about planting new thought seeds, breaking generational cycles, and creating new legacies for ourselves and the generations beyond. Here, you will hear topics that empower your minds to go deeper, touching topics that most people may not think to think about. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne, a master hypnotherapist, coach, and trainer of neuro-linguistic programming, and the founder of the Mind Remapping Academy. I am here to put you back in the driver's seat of your mind so that you can have the deepest experiences of joy, success, freedom, fulfillment, and peace of mind in all areas of your life. Now, let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know every time we release another mind remapping meal for you. Let's go. Hey, have you ever thought about learning NLP or hypnosis or even being a coach? Even if you simply learn the skills of coaching, it could come in handy everywhere and in every area of your life. Our Mind Remapping NLP Coach Training will give you mastery over language, helping you to improve your confidence, communication, coaching, and leadership. So if you're committed to removing unconscious blocks so you can consciously elevate your performance in every area of life, join our next training. Schedule and training interest call at remapmymind.today. That's remapmymind.today. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Black Mind Garden. And this is very special because for those of you who uh, follow me, I'm Dr. Maisha, founder of the Mind Remapping Academy. For those of you who follow me, you all know that most of the time I come on and I do solo, but this is such a gift because today I actually get the opportunity to have a conversation. And it's a very interesting conversation with I so want to call you doctor. I'm ready for you to be doctor already. A PhD candidate, Tammy Jolivet, and she's a clinical psychologist, the founder of the podcast, The Texture of Me. We are going to be talking about this concept of hair. And it's something that some groups of people don't have to think about as often as, say, we do Black women, women of color who have different textures of hair, and how that impacts mental health, how it impacts mindset, how it impacts self-image. So I am really excited to get into this conversation with you, Tammy. Please welcome, 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 first of all. Please tell us about you and about how what inspired this for you. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Great day. Great day. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share. As you shared, my name is Tammy Jolovet. I'm a PhD candidate in clinical psychology. Um, through my research uh, and my research for my PhD program, which is called a dissertation, is bringing the awareness of the mental and psychological implications that hair discrimination has on people with textured hair. And through the journey, um, my own personal journey, the texture of me came about um, because I started to discover that uh, there's an impact on me wearing my hair naturally and not just outside of me, but within me, right? And within me. 
And um, I don't know if you want me to go on with my story. Please, please. Uh, So I remember, um, you know, being in the hair industry for over 20 something years. I know I barely look 25. Thank you. Um, So I had the opportunity to, you know, service clients who have natural textured hair. And one of my clients um, who was doing her hair, she was like, oh, why don't you wear your hair natural? And I was wearing it natural, but I was flat ironing. So that's not really natural. Let's just say, okay. And I remember looking at her like, can you sit in your own lane? Like, why are y'all over here about my hair, you know? And it had me to reflect how, why am I not wearing my hair naturally, mm-hmm. you know? Because in all truth, when I was seeing my client's hair and the impact it was having on them and how beautiful they looked, I'm like, well, my hair is, you know, curly. I saw it's textured. I saw what it looks like, but I didn't see the beauty for me. Mm-hmm. I saw it for them, you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, well, let me go ahead and start this journey because people don't realize it's a journey. It is. Oh, my gosh. Such a journey. Yes. And so um, I remember going through the process of looking at myself in the mirror and I couldn't be what my hair looked like. Mm -hmm. I couldn't be with it. Mm -hmm. It got to a point, Dr. Maisha, it was like I gazed at myself in the mirror. I didn't Mm -hmm. really look. Mm-hmm. I knew I had to, to kind of, you know, but I wasn't what I say being present to myself or what I looked like in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And because of my psychology background, I knew there was something quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, why, why am I doing this? And I saw myself crying. I just couldn't be with what my hair looked like. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really knew I had something. Mm-hmm. why is it that me wearing my hair or even deciding to wear it natural, why was it impacting me so emotionally? Why was my mind, I was like, I didn't think I was pretty. I was just like, just so discouraged. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to experience it for myself. But when I started having this conversation with my clients and they said that they dealt with that too, mm. oh, that's when I knew I had something. Wow. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's not something that we think about on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it's something that, and especially for us, it's like we 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 live with this hair every day. It's like when you're in a weight loss journey, you don't you don't always see the weight loss because you see yourself in the mirror every day. So we don't always think about like that as a potential has a potential impact on how we see ourselves on our image. And I do remember like when I first 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 cut my hair. And I first, this was like back in uh, my fourth year in medical school. And I first twisted, I did the old, the old, old way of locking with the comb twist. And my hair was about this short, really, really short, about less than an inch long. And mm-hmm. when you said that, I, did, I, I didn't remember until just now, how you glazing yourself in the mirror for a long time. That was me. I was like, oh, I look like a boy. Oh, I don't, my hair doesn't look good short. Oh, my hair is shaped funny. You know, like it was just, oh, I can't wait until it grows long. So there was like the long short thing and, you know, mm-hmm. they would get too fuzzy and it would look like messy. And, and, and it was just that, even that conversation is, can I just be with my hair is my hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And stop right. judging what my hair was looking like. Yeah. And having my hair mean something about who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, when I think about it, as I was going through the process of wearing my hair, naturally it was phases because it started to change up some because mm-hmm. that's what hair does, you know. Right. 
and to identify it and um, really discovering how I was viewing myself and the mm -hmm. impact it was having on me. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, there's a happy ending, but right now we're in the midst of it, right? right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I am wearing my hair naturally, and now you can't tell me nothing, but I, I'm, I'm going to go through the phase with it, mm -hmm. you know? And it was just, it was so mind-blowing that I couldn't even be with myself. And and the grace that I gave myself, though, it was that because I'm a hairstylist, so mm -hmm. I knew, like, I was like, I can go my straighten my hair just like that. Mm -hmm. So let me not just be such in a rush to go straight, wear my hair straight, right? A flat iron mm -hmm. or whatever. And let me just go through the process. And I was just like, I'm willing to do it. And mm -hmm. it, it was so encouraging because when I had talked to my um, clients about it, they too was experiencing that. And it wasn't not, it wasn't just for me, it was for them too. Yeah. It was a level of relatedness with them. Yes. I, I'm curious, when you started your natural hair journey, and how did that, how, how was that impacting your clients? Like, how did that, does that, did that empower your clients? Like, what was, what did you see? What is the shift that you saw even in your interaction with your clients as you were on your own health journey? It's funny. I feel the tingling and everything. It was, um, that we could relate so much to each other now. Mm. You know, I remember um, there was moments where they complain about something with their hair or whatever, it was something simple as like, because what happens with even with curly hair, if you don't wear a bonnet, yes, they we all need to wear a bonnet, okay, a satin bonnet, silk if you want to, but and a satin bonnet, that the curl patterns change and how it can be matted and just different things like that. And they were like complaining or or their hair was dry. And I'm like, well, look, why don't you be quiet? You, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I didn't know the, the the quote unquote pain they were going through because I wasn't wearing my hair natural. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. And then once I decided to wear my hair natural, when I heard what they were saying, it was a different listening that I had. I was like, oh, well, I got you. I know what yeah. to do. So it was like I was able to offer more to them mm -hmm. and we could totally connect more because I knew the journey. Even so much so when I would get new clients to come and sit in my chair and I can sense the uneasiness and the tension because mm -hmm. they're coming to me and they're like, oh, I don't know if she's going to know what to do with my hair. Mm -hmm. And even though they see mine, you know? Yeah. But when, because, but, and because consider when I shifted from wearing my hair straight to natural, mm -hmm. it was more of a freedom relaxed to be with me. Yeah. That's so interesting. So when did it go from hair, your journey, like your natural hair journey to your dissertation? Because that's, I mean, that's huge. The the, the work that you've done yes. inside of this dissertation, this is huge. Yes. What, well, really what, what happened is I remember trying to identify what my dissertation was going to be on. They say it's got to be something you're passionate about, right? Mm -hmm. And the thought of a hairstylist going into psychology is different, but we are like therapists in the chair. You know yeah. what I mean? And so the topic all I could think about was hair. And I was like, well, I don't really know what, what, what kind of research I could do, you know? And somebody said, what about hair? And I'm like, uh, hair? Like, how does, how does hair and mental go together? Yeah. And then it was something that clicked about my journey because I was looking at the symptoms I was experiencing, mm -hmm. right? 
mm-hmm. considered with some level of post-traumatic stress disorder. We're not going to talk about how growing up and my mom having a comb through my hair and, mm-hmm. and, and hit me with the comb sometimes. <laughs> I want me still, you know, that's, that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know that's I mean? real talk. That's real talk. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, wait a minute, this thing is mental. It's not yeah. just, you know, hair, right? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, wow, I, I got something. And I remember presenting it to a few of my professors and I was like, what? That don't make sense. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's okay. Because I, I know what I felt mm-hmm. and me having my conversations with my clients. And so it, it was my dissertation. It was kind of like it, it encompassed it together. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. I, was, I was seeing the mental, you know, different diagnosis for mental health. And then I was seeing how my hair and how it was it was impacting my thought process, my mind, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That had me like, oh, this is something here we're mental. And then I had the dissertation. I'm like, I got to do this research mm-hmm. because one of the things that I've discovered as I'm in my dissertation, people don't know that there is a mental part. They think it's like, oh, you know, you got people who talk about the hair products. You got the crown neck, which I'm excited about, mm-hmm. who may have these laws that people can wear their hair naturally, right? Right. But no one is talking to the person who's dealing with wearing the hair natural. Right. And we're talking about a billion dollar industry on texture. Now you see texture hair stuff everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who is addressing you, me, people who are who have dealt with wearing their hair Naturally, have y'all talked to us and said, hey, what's going on and see what's going on with us mentally? Mm-hmm. And when I discovered it for myself and having evidence with my clients, it was like, wow, this is something here. And that's why I'm really doing this research because a lot of people don't even know that there are mental and psychological impacts with this whole hair discrimination thing. And I, mm-hmm. I want to put a little nugget in there. Consider, this is just what I want to put in here. It's it's a racial thing too. Yeah. Because in the cosmetology field, with 70% of women have some type of textured hair, we're not taught how to do textured hair. Mm-hmm. Not it's a specialty outside of cosmetology school. Very interesting. That's a specialty outside. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think about um when I locked my hair it was in 20, 2001. That's when I graduated from medical school. I'm like, let me, <laughs> 2001, right? And there weren't locticians that I knew of. I mean, there, there were hairstylists who did natural hair, but you know, the title of loctician came later. Mm-hmm. The 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 way the various um, you know the t- I was call it the technology because you all what, what you all deal with is technology in a in a right. sense the art all of that kind of came a little bit later yes and so yeah I can imagine and then I can imagine this isn't something that's taught in a traditional cosmetology school which is a problem a huge one because there's the disparity there's the um, lack of diversity and so it caused segregation right. Because, yeah. you know, I'm not going to go to a salon that focuses on straightening hair and all that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. if I go to that salon and that's what they do, I mean, it's just they wouldn't know how to do my hair. So exactly. it, we wouldn't never come together. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. It's so interesting as you talk about, like, the implications of of the discrimi- hair, hair-based discrimination. And I think about... Um, 
our conversation, and I, I forgot to share this at the at the start, but you know, for those who are listening, I had the pleasure of actually being a guest on the Texture of Me um, very recently, and we talked about I talked about sort of this process of thinking about how I was going to be perceived going into residency. So my hair was it was natural in medical school, but it was like like you hot pressed or, or flat ironed. And I would wear it up in a ponytail straight. And then at some point I just was like tired of it because it wasn't healthy. That's the other thing. It wasn't healthy. And so, you know, there was the concern of when I was doing my rotation, my hair was one way. And then when I was going into the residency, it was a different way. And I remember being asked, like, what if they don't, what, what if they ask you to change your hair? You know, and that was a real concern. Like, what is that? And we still, even today, I mean, I have colleagues who, um, you know, Black female physician colleagues who's who talk about their daughters and, you know, things that, that occur in schools that that is in the lines, along the lines of that hair um, mm. discrimination, mm. Right? right? And it's traumatic. I mean, this goes into our children, like it's traumatic for our children, even, and not just daughters, but sons too. Yes. Like in how... Um, you know, some boys are wearing their hair in locks and how there, there are um, cases where uh, teachers have cut the hair of mm. someone else's Black child, mm. you know, like this is the kind of thing we're dealing with. And so, and how traumatic could that be for the child? Is anyone addressing that? Right. Right. Which is, yeah. I think, kind of how the Crown Act came about as this, these types of things were happening. So I, it's it's a, it's something that because we, you know, we wear every we wear our hair every day and it's just a part of who we are. We don't always think about, but it is definitely um, something that needs to be considered. And as we think about our mental health mm-hmm. um, and as we think about how self-image, I think it's really important in self-image, which plays into our mental health, right? Mm-hmm. And how we identify ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I'm proud of with the texture of me um, is we have the first ever CE credits, continued education credits. That's right. Hairstylists, yes, certified in the state of Texas. So mm-hmm. um, now when hairstylists in the state of Texas uh, renew their license, they can get textured hair education and it's certified for mm-hmm. C credits for them. So I'm excited yeah. about that. So, so that leads me to, I want you to actually talk a little bit more about the texture of me. You know, what exactly is the texture of me for you? Okay. Thank you so much for asking. We have uh, the texture of me. There's a podcast, YouTube uh, podcast, which provides a platform for people to share the hair journey. You know, I I noticed that people want to say something, but they don't know where to say it. And the texture of me provide that. Mm-hmm. We also provide texture hair education for professionals, which is hairstylists. Mm-hmm. And we are working on a project to provide texture education for individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll know how um, to do the hair and more or less even have someone to support them on their journey. Mm-hmm. And that is in the process of being developed. And the thing is to have a collective of hairstyles that we can come together and create that because it's very important to have that. And the texture of me is more of education support mm-hmm. and um, and a platform where people can share their natural hair journey. 
and yeah. having them to be aware of that there is an impact and we're here to help them on their journey. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting as you as you talk, I, I have all of these, you know, big visions of where this could go, you know, like just so many different things. And I wonder, like, what is your what's your vision for the future about for tech for the texture of of me? What is what do, what do you hope to to leave the world with or to leave us with as you grow and as you continue to support and empower and educate? Well, there's there's the part where it's the cosmetology part, which, you know, I'm part of still and, and I will be. It's funny because a lot of my clients are afraid for me to graduate because they think I'm not going to do hair. You know, it's like <laughs> they want me to do it. They're excited. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like selfish because they want me to do the hair of because course. it's interesting. And, you know, I've gotten to a point that I'm like, you know, I'm going to still be in the industry because I love what I do you know, Mm -hmm. and it is making an impact, you know, Mm -hmm. when that will be, it will come, but it's not right now. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, so in the psychology aspect, I'm looking to create an awareness with training and development and therapy for people who are dealing with that, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a missing and it will make a significant difference in society across the board during the traumatic, uh, implications of hair discrimination mm-hmm. and have psychologists to be trained on providing therapy from that that perspective you know yes yes because it's it's hidden and it's a category it's like it's, it's mm-hmm. a level of post-traumatic stress right mm-hmm. and uh that's what i'm looking at i'll go into that more on our next visit you know <laughs> and then as far as the hair uh industry is to provide uh, education to hairstylists and supporting people on their natural hair journey. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, possibly open to some type of, I don't know if it'd be coaching or therapy. Cause I, I just really emphasize the mental health part of the, of the impact of hair discrimination mm-hmm. that people don't know it's there, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and it goes to say like, even with that, right? Like that's what I'm looking that's what I'm looking to have created. Mm-hmm. And what's there for me is because when I went through the journey myself, I remember the day like it was yesterday. And I remember seeing a photo when my daughter-in-law had took pictures where at this event and she we took pictures mm-hmm. and she sent me the picture and I saw what my hair looked like. I was like, is that's my hair? Oh, oh what? Wow, it's so beautiful. Now it's sitting on my head. <laughs> Tell you, I was gazing at myself, so I never took the time to stop and really be present to my hair was looking like. Right. When I looked on that picture, I fell in love with myself in a whole new mm. way that I didn't even know was missing. Mm. And it was like this level of confidence that I didn't know was missing that now that I have, that I want other people to have who are dealing with what I dealt with. But yeah. a lot of times they don't even know that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's really where my passion and drive comes from because what I discovered for me, and now when I go about with my hair, you can't tell me nothing. Like you, yeah. I mean, like literally. Yeah. I remember moments when people would say certain things before and not like, oh, your hair is so beautiful. And I'm like, thank you. And in my mind, like, I know, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> level of confidence within myself that I didn't even know was missing now that I have. And yeah. yes, I 
want it for other people. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I do see an opportunity of collaboration and mm-hmm. I'm open to all of that, but that's really where I am with uh, the growth and expansion of the texture of me at this present moment. Well, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to all that comes out of it and the various collaborations. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, me, me over here is like, oh, I can see a children's book. Oh, I can see, you know, like empowering teachers at school. Oh, I can. So I'm like, how can I, you know, <laughs> right. so I, but what I do love that you said, and I want to lift it up and amplify it Two big, big impacts, training other psychologists. Mm-hmm. Right. And getting that accredited, because, I mean, it's a it's a whole missing in the field of psychology. That's 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 going to be groundbreaking for your industry, for you to be to bring that kind of education, you know, in whatever way it looks like, if it's modules or it's conferences or whatever. And then the other is educating and diversifying the the field of cosmetology mm-hmm. education, right, yes. which you're already doing. And so I, I mean, all of what you're doing has such a big ripple impact and, and I can see you inspiring other psychologists and other hairstylists to take on your, you know, your journey and have this be a legacy that lives on and expands and grows. You know, we have these ripples and we don't even realize the Mm -hmm. impact of our work. So thank you for being the inspiration and bringing some awareness to that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's just as usual, I love, love, love our conversations. And, you know, we all, we have, we had our part one. This is our part two. And I'm sure we're going to have a part three and beyond. Yes. Um, yes. And so I just, I thank you for, for being willing to have this conversation with me, for bringing the knowledge and the inspiration to, um, my community as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love for people to know how to follow you, how to follow the texture of me, how to get in touch with you if they want to either collaborate or utilize your services. Well, thank you. So as far as my email address, you can reach me um, at the, t- the texture of me at gmail.com, the texture of me at gmail.com. Uh, all my social media links are the texture of me. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, my podcast is at the texture of me. It's through my YouTube channel, the texture of me, and they could find me there as well. So I'd love for the opportunity people sharing about uh, want to be on the show, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my services, you can find it at the texture of me.com. So everything is about the texture of me, right? So that's where they can find me. That's stellar branding. (laughs) Good. And we will, for our people listening, we will make sure we include this in our show notes. Um, And when we republish this, we'll make sure it like for where... Uh, currently streaming on Facebook and LinkedIn. So we will end up reposting this and making sure we have all of your information in there so people can reach out to you when we post this on YouTube. We'll make sure it's in the description. And so I just, once again, like, thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm looking forward to a part three. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right, you all, the texture of me.com. You heard it all of the uh, social media platforms. She is the texture of me. Please reach out to Tammy Jolivet. She will soon be Dr. 
Tammy, Jolie, yeah. that. <laughs> so what, do you have, is there a, is there a, I have to ask, is there like a, I know PhD is like different because you could be doing your dissertation for however long you're doing it. Is there a projection for when we're going to, when we're going to be yes, seeing my commencement, Yes, my commencement is in July of next year. So it's like right here. Yeah. So Okay. Okay. So that means we have to plan some type of event, some type of re redo, or I should say another episode, part three or part four, depending on if we've already done our part three so that we can celebrate, lift you up and continue to promote what you do. Mm, Thank you so much. I appreciate that so much. You are so welcome. All right. Well then you all, we will uh, see you on the next episode. You all continue to have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of the week. Namaste. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode. I hope you digested our food for thought and will put it into action and use these tools to nourish your life in some way this week. Remember to like and subscribe. And if you found this episode valuable, please pay it forward by sharing it with someone else. Also, I am clear that it's you, our listeners, who help us grow. So if you like this podcast, I'd love and appreciate if you tell us. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Finally, if you're interested in learning more about any of our mind remapping coaching, training, or workshops, or If you're interested in getting NLP, hypnosis, or timeline therapy certified, visit remapmymind.com. That's remapmymind.com and learn more about which programs might work for you and even schedule a discovery call with me today. Now go and have an amazing rest of your week and we'll see you on the next episode.